Hi everyone, welcome to the Stream Team. I'm your host, Patrick Stinson, and this is the show where we check out everything that's streaming and present to you just the good stuff. We have a very special episode today. It is our celebration of Emmy-nominated streamers. Here at the Stream Team, our experts from all walks of entertainment have been bringing their A-game and highlighting the best of the best when it comes to what's streaming. Many of those selections are now Emmy nominees, which just goes to show you our folks sure know what they're talking about. So cut a bitch, and I've seen it. <laughs> we begin our Emmy celebration with the much-loved Ted Lasso. The show is up for 20 Emmy Awards, which is a record for a comedy series in its first season. I always figured that tea was just going to taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. Yeah, it's horrible. No, thank you. Welcome to England. This is like so right with comedy, kind of like Major League did with baseball back in the day. You know, that famous cult movie that everyone loves. They kind of did the same thing with, you know, soccer or football, as I call it, in the UK. He's an American coach who gets hired to go over to London and coach a football team, not knowing anything about soccer. And this is so crowd-pleasing, it's so entertaining, a great ensemble cast, and it's just Jason Sudeikis at his best. Um, Jason Sudeikis and his mustache at its best, too. Right? Yeah, I took a look at it, too, and you know what, I was very, I was, Surprised that it's not just comedy though. You get some warm fuzzies in there as well. That's right. It's got a really heartwarming because we kind of pick fun a little bit at American and UK sensibilities. And you know, I was talking to the cast. I said, I think everything in London is so cute. The cabs, the phone booths. But what do we in America? Do you guys think we do better? And they're like, food. You can't get a foot long, you know, hot dog in London, but you can in America. So it's really kind of a love letter to both cultures and how all, both of us love sports, whether you call it soccer or football, win, tie, or lose. And the heart of Ted Lasso, he's so optimistic, he's so positive, you want to root for him. And I think this is one that everybody can watch, whether you're into sports or not, and just have a good time. And right now, we're in a little bit of trouble. The Boys is what I like to think of as if superheroes had really one superpower, and that was being ratchet. It is superheroes like you have never seen them before. All right, what do we do? We can't just kill everyone. That's exactly what we're gonna do. The Boys is the story of these superheroes who, they're just really not the nicest people. They're superheroes, they're coddled like celebrities, but they have problems. They have drug problems. They have sexual harassment problems. They don't have the greatest morals in the world. They are not the good guys. Now, the boys are the group of people who are against the soups, as we call them. They're out to get them. They have beef with the soups. And uh, they, they really are really out for revenge for one reason or another without telling you exactly what happens. It's not for the kids. There's a lot, a lot of fake blood. The, the fake blood budget was probably within the millions. There are wow. people who explode all over the place. So this is not for the kids, but it's a fun little ride. I like to think of it as if superheroes, if your, your least favorite cousin became a superhero, this is who they would be. <laughs> you know, the cousin you don't want at the barbecue, this is, who they would, this is who they would be. So I definitely highly recommend it, but not for the kids. Next up, more Emmy love for quality entertainment. 
style of karate that was taught to me. You gonna be my karate teacher? No. I'm gonna be your sensei. It is seriously the best series that is streaming right now. It is incredible. I didn't even know that it existed as many of us didn't. Of course, it, it premiered on YouTube Red some years ago and Netflix has acquired it. They're calling it a Netflix original now, so they must have paid a big penny for it. Um, it stars, uh, you know, uh, Ralph Macchio, Daniel LaRusso, and it brings back Johnny Lawrence, his rival in Karate Kid, played by William uh, Zabka. These guys are amazing actors. The chemistry on uh, screen is just as, as good as it was in the 1984 Karate Kid movie. And there's so many, like, nods to the original. So if you've seen the original, it's even better. But you don't have to have watched it because there are flashbacks. They acquired the rights to Karate Kid, so they show a lot of clips. I mean, there's music, there's lines. Like, if you are familiar with these characters, with those scenes, and, and like me and my family who would constantly throw little lines back and forth at each other, you're going to love this. And the story is so fresh. It really it really makes you think, was was Daniel LaRusso the good guy or was he was a bad guy? You know, that was, was that an illegal kick? Did he cheat in that final swan crane kick to uh, Johnny's face? You know, you, and you really start to see the softer side of Johnny. You know, he looks like he was this big, terrible bully. Well, we learn a lot about his backstory in these series. If season one and season two is out on Netflix now, and thank God, because the season one, you're just dying for more. So amazing. Obviously, Pat Morita is not with us anymore, but it, he is missed sorely in this series. I mean, he would have been absolutely incredible if he had been in it. It's full of the wax on, wax off, paint the fence. I mean, you just, you can't get enough of Cobra Guy. I honestly, I want to watch it again. It was so great. And now to one of the biggest hits that took the streaming world by storm, and it's one of the steamiest as well. From Shonda Rhimes, Bridgerton promises Regency romance with a side of hot and heavy sex, and it delivers. It's a mega success with 12 Emmy nominations to prove it, and an enthusiastic shout out from the stream team. Netflix has a new show, and it's called Bridgerton. We can pretend to form an attachment. Pairing like that would be most enchanting indeed. Every presumptuous mother in town will leave me alone, and every suitor will be looking at you. <laughs> Stare into my eyes. If this is to work, you must appear madly in love. Okay, so my newest obsession is a new show called Bridgerton. It takes place in Regency-era England, so that's around the time of 1811 to 1820. Um, in upper aristocratic London where there's debutantes and they're wearing ball gowns and all of these things. But imagine that world executive produced by Shonda Rhimes. So there's gonna be scandal. Get it, get it, scandal. Get it. Um, there's gonna be sex. There's gonna be drama. There's gonna be really attractive people. There's gonna be amazing costumes. And one of the most kind of Best, uh, one of the most amazing things about this show is the casting, because I cannot remember a time where I have seen a period piece with an eclectic group of people and people of color of all kinds, but also seeing people of color as dukes, as ladies, as the queen, something that we've never really seen before. And it is one of the most beautiful shows I've ever seen. The sets are just these grand lavish ballrooms and gardens. And I don't want to give away too much because uh, Netflix will kill me. But I literally binged the whole series within a matter of two days. I think there's not eight, 
eight or nine episodes. I, I couldn't stop. I, I literally could not stop watching. And it's one of those shows where you stop and you, you know, you keep thinking about it. Like, uh, you're like, okay, God, what's gonna happen? I just, I couldn't stop watching it. It's just, it's, it's inventive. I can't recommend it enough. Is it kind of, Andrew, is it kind of like, I haven't seen it yet. Is it kind of like a Downton Abbey with some diversity? Yeah, it's it's like a Jane Austen era. Oh, and I forgot to mention the best part is there's a Gossip Girl twist. Ooh. And there is a narrator through the entire thing. And Rachel, guess who the narrator is? Um, Blake Lively? Julie Andrews. Oh. You can't get Her. better. Perfect. Perfect. My name is Lady Whistledown. You do not know me, but I know you. I'm in. I, I'm in. Yeah. So it comes out on Christmas Day. I imagine people will be eating their ham and their turkey and all that stuff and binging Bridgerton because it's fantastic. And and the cast is mostly unknowns. I didn't know who most of them are, and they will become household names after this show comes out. Andrew, I got to tell you, when you told me you were uh, going to talk about this, I went and checked it out, and I was watching the trailer, and I was like, these are the prettiest people I've ever seen in my life. And one of the things that you'll notice, of course, Shonda Rhimes had a huge deal at ABC, and then she went over to Netflix with this huge $150 million deal, is when Shonda comes to Netflix, there's some skin people. You're gonna see some, this is not a show for kids. This is an adult show. Oh. There is sex, sex, sex on this show. Is there any sex, Andrew? Sex. <laughs> It is all about the romance, 1950s and 60s romance, boy meets girl. What wouldn't you do for love? This is Sylvie's love. How was it? He's extraordinary. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Can I walk you? So Sylvie's love starts off in present day 1962 New York City. And then shortly after that, we get to a flashback of how this all began uh, in the late 50s. And basically, Sylvie is played by Tessa Thompson. She has a fiance. He's all fighting the Korean War. She's spending the summer working at her dad's record store. In walks this delicious guy named Robert, who is uh, Namdi Asamoa. Namdi Asamoa is playing Robert. He's a saxophone player. He's in New York City from Detroit for the summer with his band. It's just a little short stint. But when he lays his eyes on Sylvie, he knows right away it is love at first sight. Doesn't take long for this little work relationship to get steamy. And I'm talking really, really sweet and steamy. And before you know it, the band gets a gig in Paris and they have to go. And Sylvie doesn't want him to go. She has a secret. She has a secret, but she doesn't tell him. She lets him go. She doesn't want to kill his dreams. So we come back to the present day, 1962, and they're outside of a, a theater. They go watch a show together by chance. She's married, has a child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they go watch this show. And then this romance sparks again. Husband who? Husband what? Uh, and then we go on this journey of them finding love again. What I like about this movie, several things. Number one, 
It's 50s and 60s Hollywood, but it's, it's a black cast, a black, two black leads in the 50s and 60s, a love story, something you didn't see back then. And, you know, there, there are some nods to the civil rights movement and things that are happening during that time, but it's not about that. It's really about this love story. Music is a huge part of this story. The jazz, um, the, the soundtrack, and some of the, the songs we get from the 50s and 60s, like Jackie Wilson's To Be Loved, it's Sam Cooke, You Send Me. So the music is just taking us along for this, this beautiful love story. And the fashion, Sylvie, you know, the fashion they use for Sylvie is a nod to Audrey Hepburn and Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's beautiful. Oh, I love the pieces. The jewelry she has, a lot of the, a lot of the dresses, a great nod to Breakfast at Tiffany's. And I love the, the back and forth flashbacks that we get. It's a beautiful love story. Um, and I think that if you are looking for uh, something sweet to watch leading up to Valentine's Day. This could be your movie. Uh oh, I forgot Valentine's Day was coming up. <laughs> it's coming up. <laughs> There's a pandemic going on. We're not leaving the house. No one's leaving the house. <laughs> yeah, right. and it's hard to love on people that aren't already around you. Mm. Right, right. You know what? Uh, Tessa is one of those actresses who uh, just uh, always brings it. No matter what she's in, she just always brings it. Like, even if you see her in something that's not great, it's not because of her. She brings it every time. She, totally. she did so great on this movie. And and for um, uh, Namdi, for him, this was a, a movie that he also produced on. So he was able to be a producer and they got to tell the story. Eva Longoria is a part of the cast as well. Uh, the cinematography is amazing. It was written and directed by Eugene Ash. It's just a, a, a fantastic, fantastic story. And they shot this, they shot this 1950s, 60s New York City, Harlem, uh, on some, some back lots in, here in LA. Nice. Beautiful. Wow. It, Hollywood magic. Yes. Oh, it's a Hollywood magic and love magic. The, this movie is like, you just, it's it's like taking a drink of like the most warm, perfect hot cocoa that warms you from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Like, what a gorgeous movie. I'm sobbing. Like I was, oh, I'm so yeah. happy. Oh my God. I'm, I, I'm a big crier. And I was so excited that, this is available for everyone to watch on Amazon Prime. Yes. Because it, it's such a great way to get these movies seen by more people that are just looking for something meaningful and beautiful in this time. It, Sylvie's Love is definitely it. I just lost your phone. I don't know. How did Lost My End? This show, I May Destroy You, probably one of the best all-around scripted television series. Uh, I mean, I want to say in the past decade, but we're starting a new decade, so of the decade. Uh, this is headed up by Michaela Cole. She is the showrunner, star, writer, creator, you name it, kind of taking on uh, every role. And I don't want to give away too much about what this show is other than it does involve some pretty serious subject matter. Uh, it centers a, a bit on sexual assault and it's based on Michaela's own experience. Uh, but it is part comedy, part drama, and intense is absolutely the right word for it. I'm not sure if it's the show that you should binge, but I know it's the show that you will binge for better or worse. Just have your therapist on speed dump, <laughs> just in case. What makes you think no, we have therapist? Right? <laughs> What's that, Rachel? 
And who doesn't have their therapist on speed dial these days anyway, right? Yeah, listen, it's so intense that after I watch a few episodes, I then go find an episode of Bob's Burgers or Family Guy to even it all out. Um, like so, chaser. You need a chaser. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Audrey, I'll bet you anything, Patrick, you're actually watching The Real Housewives on Bravo. Don't try to be like Bob's Burgers. <laughs> oh, Okay, sorry. Bittersweet is the best way to describe this next Emmy nominee. HBO's Lovecraft Country combines sci-fi, drama, horror, racism, and social injustice. It's up for 18 Emmy Awards, which is where the bittersweet comes in because it's also been canceled after its first and only season. But the stream team spotted the magic early on. It's a rap race to the finish. And it's winner takes all. It's the story of a, uh, an adventure, a cross-country adventure of this group of people with uh, uh, Jonathan Majors, Journey Smollett, and Courtney B. Vance, just to name a few. Um, they are on this uh, cross-country adventure to uh, uncover some family secrets, if you will. Um, and it's an adventure that takes them through the 1950s of Jim Crow America. And yes, it's sci-fi, it's ghosts, it's mysteries and all that. So they're gonna run into shapeshifters. They're gonna run into monsters. They're gonna run into ghosts. They're gonna run into all that stuff. But in addition to that, they are gonna run into uh, hardcore racism, which uh, I, I like to think that the, the horror of racism is another main character in this show. I mean, uh, you, you cannot get around it, but I really think it's really well done. The acting is superb. I think uh, Journey Smollett, I wanna say she steals the show, mm. but maybe she's so good because everyone around her is so good. And uh, the directing, the, uh, Andrew, uh, what was it, the mise-en-scene? Mise-en-scene, there you go. There you go. The mise-en-scene is absolutely, you are in 1950s America. Can I say something real quick about Lovecraft Country? No, <laughs> absolutely, Albert, go for it. Just go watch it, I guess, Never mind. No, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think that with Lovecraft Country, like you mentioned Journey Smollett's performance, I do believe that we will see multiple nominations for the performances in, in the show, for the production design, just for this overall production, once we get to the Emmys next year. Like, I mean, it's it's a foregone conclusion that like these, all, these guys are truly going to show up, I believe. Also in the Emmy race this year, So this brand new show from Ryan Murphy that's coming to Netflix called Ratchet, which is actually a prequel to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So if you've wow. seen the film from the 70s, the show basically takes place in 1948 and it follows the character of Mildred Ratched and where she came from. So obviously in the film, she is the villain and she's you, you don't wanna mess with her. Now in the TV show, it's similar, but you also somewhat feel a little bit sorry for her and she's brilliantly portrayed by Sarah Paulson. Please take a look. Excuse me, you're eating my peach. I don't see your name on it. And who would do that? Do what? Put their name on a peach. Somebody who really wanted it. No one has ever put their name on a peach. I've seen it done. No, you haven't. What are you gonna do about it? What are you, deaf? No. 
just thinking of all the things I'm going to do about it. Also about this show is the cast is all-star, as all, as most Ryan Murphy projects are. We've got Sharon Stone, we've got Cynthia Nixon, of course, we have Sarah Paulson, we have Finn Whitrock, and in true Ryan Murphy fashion, the mise-en-scene, as I'm gonna use from my terms from film school, because yes, I did go to film school. Uh, I mean, the sets, the costumes, the lighting, all, they're all indicative of 1948. It's basically like you're stepping back into time. And it's one of the most beautiful shows I've seen. Also, one of the most disturbing shows I've seen uh, because it gets really gory and really dirty. And you really get invested in these characters. And I interviewed Sarah Paulson for Dish Nation. And I said to her, you know, it's like, I feel bad for her, but also she's she's deranged. She's crazy. Like, you don't want to mess with this woman. Uh, but the show is very entertaining. I, I binged it all within a weekend. I couldn't stop watching it. Um, highly, highly recommend it when it comes out on Netflix. When it comes to the world of music, Aretha Franklin was a game changer and a legend. And Jasmine, they are now trying to tell Aretha's story. Yes, National Geographic, Nat Geo, is doing their third installment of their Genius series. So this one is Genius Aretha. Uh, it was written by Susan Laurie Parks. If you're familiar with her, you know, she is the Pulitzer Prize winning uh, poet and author. And she wrote uh, this anthology series for National Geographic, and it is phenomenal. It's easier for a woman to be the helpmate of a king than it is for a man to be the helpmate of a queen. Don't let that queen thing go to your head. I'm gonna let that queen thing go wherever I want it to. They sent me seven episodes. I watched them all night. I mean, I literally was up until three o'clock in the morning. I could not stop watching. Every episode is so well done. Anthony Hem Hemingway, who was one of the um, showrunners for uh, the series on WGN Underground, is actually directing a few of the episodes, not to be confused with another project that's coming out. Respect will be out in the summer in August, starring Jennifer Hudson. But this is a eight episode TV series of sorts on Aretha's life, and it delves very deep into her humble beginnings in Detroit it really takes a look at her father's life. Her, her father was the one and only Reverend C.L. Franklin. He was a well-renowned pastor in Detroit. Um, also was very impactful in the civil rights movement, had relationships with Dr. King. You will see all of that in this anthology series and how much he impacted her career and really believed in her as a 12-year-old girl. So you have a young Aretha uh, played by another actress, and then you have Cynthia Riva. Cynthia Rebo playing adult uh, Aretha. And she does a fabulous job. There were some people initially who felt like she did not look like Aretha. There were songs on the B-side that weren't, you know, wide, widely played on the radio, but they were still phenomenal songs. You'll hear her sing those. But um, one thing I will say, small spoiler, she does not sing Respect because for obvious reasons, Respect went to Respect to that film. But other than that, I think it's a, fa a fabulous, fabulous um, and well done anthology. It uh, airs on National Geographic on Sunday, March 21st, four days before Aretha's birthday. And um, it's a four night event. So you get two episodes per night. And then after that, it will stream on Hulu. Well worth it. Now, Jasmine, because we don't hear respect in this project, could you give us a stream team exclusive of you 
singing respect. Of course, you ready? <laughs> what you want, baby, I got it. Get it, Jay. What you need, I need the background. Who? You know, I got it. No, we can't afford that. We can't afford the rights to this music. So I'm going to probably, probably uh, mute you anyway. <laughs> and wait, and Jess, for the kids out there, there used to be these things called uh, records and the A side and the B side. And the B side is some of the stuff we're going to hear in this show. Yes, the, you will hear a lot. Listen, you will still hear some of her um, hits. But some of the ones, and I don't want to give too much away, but there are some songs you will not hear. So the one song that I will throw out there that you won't hear just so that you will not be disappointed, you won't hear respect, but you will hear so many others. I don't think you will be disappointed at all. And that's a fun little look at some of our favorite Emmy nominees. Thanks for watching. Enjoy the Emmys. And remember, you heard it here first on the stream team. We'll see you next time.